What's up, everybody? Welcome into the DNVR Draft Podcast presented by Drift Car Sharing. I am Henry Chisholm, and sitting to my left is Andre Simone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I threw it to him while he was drinking coffee. Oh, yeah. It was pretty cool. That's why he didn't say words at first. He just grunted. That's true. Yeah. We're going to talk about a bunch of college football here in a second, but first, we are going to talk about Drift Car Sharing. So... Dre, how much do you know about drift car sharing? Have you had this read before? A little bit from the last time we did this. Oh, okay, that's right. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like an amazing app. Yeah, basically, instead of or paying whatever 20 bucks a day to drop your car off at the airport, it's true. you get to make 20 bucks a day, Yep. and that's a lot better. Plus, like, it, obviously, your car's in, insured, so it's not going to get like wrecked or anything, but they'll clean it for you on the outside and amazing. on the inside, and it's a pretty cool thing that you guys should definitely check out. And not only are you making 20 a day, you're saving 20 a day. So it's like 40 a day. 40 a day plus and car cleaning. How much is a car cleaning? Uh, for me, a lot. It's like, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, our, our guy here has some trouble with Very that. Very expensive. Uh, but yeah, like maybe another and 20? Medical bills after. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but And then plus, oh I bet if you have a nicer car than me, you probably make more than 20 bucks a day. So, wow, great deal. Also, if you don't park in the cheap lot like I do, you're probably paying more than 20 bucks a day. Yep, yep, it's a great yep. deal. Obviously, you can also rent cars on the other side. If your car doesn't get rented, then you just get to park there for free and they'll still clean it. Um, I think that's pretty much everything. Oh, no under 25 fee, which right, means right. that they don't Clutch. discriminate against Clutch. people like me. Age discrimination, man. Why would we do that? I thought we were against it. I thought we were against it as a society. Turns out we are not. I will admit that I am a pretty bad driver, though. Well, so maybe they're right. And maybe they'll change in a couple yeah, years. Maybe they're right. Yeah, let's hope. I don't know. Let's but hope. if you want more information or if you wanted to sign up, then you can go to drivedrift.com and they will help you out. You know who else doesn't age discriminate? Who? The good people of the draft pod, a.k.a. Hank and Dre. No, we don't. We said Trevor Lawrence was good when he was young when really he was bad. Well, huh, let's not go too far. <laughs> huh? That's a little too hot for me to start okay, this I show. Think that's fair. But, yeah, no, uh, we do not age discriminate, that's for sure. We are we are part of the youth movement. We are. Um. So, today... In mm-hmm. the world of football, mm-hmm. we want to start as always by talking about some winners from Week Seven. Nailed it! Nailed it! Football nailed it! For the nailed first it. time so far. Yep. Um, and we want to start with some of the quarterbacks. And let's start it here. Big week of quarterback play. Dre. Yes. You are the coach of a team that has a terrible quarterback, and you got the first overall pick. Who are you yeah. taking? At this point, I would still take Tua Tagovailoa. Okay, but but you said still take. Like it's I not like I would take him. It's like oh, I'll still still hold on. Right, yeah. right. Yep, I've been saying this for a while, so I'm I'm gonna mm-hmm. stick to that. But as we've talked about before, Tua's eval not the easiest because of that system and all the talent around him. Yep. And the fact that last year the two games he played against good defenses, he kind of he he faltered quite a bit. Yeah. And, you know, he started a little slow against A&M this week. Threw a bad pick. Him and Jerry Judy had to get on the same page. We don't like to see You'd that. you think they would have figured that out by now? You would. You would. Well, in fairness, they did right after that possession. Well, they, there you go. They went on a tear. <laughs> uh, but, no, I like Tua, but I think, you know, like we made a, a year out before we realized, oh, Trevor Lawrence is, like, human and – a 19-year-old who makes 19-year-old mistakes this season. Uh, 
we were like, oh, he's a perfect quarterback prospect. Haven't seen a guy like this since Andrew Locke and John Elway, right? Right. Tua is not that kind of guy. Even as good as he is, he's not perfect. He has his limitations, can be a bit too much of a gunslinger, is a bit on the small side. Injuries have been a concern to the lower body in the past. And so, you know, the eval coming from Alabama is a little tougher. So he's far from perfect, but yeah, I'd still take him. That deep ball accuracy is so enticing. The fact that he can operate from within the pocket, outside the pocket, on the move, all that you gotta love. So yeah, right now it's two attack of Ilo. All right. I think I think that that's fair. You know, he hasn't been I, it, it, I mean, it's all the stuff that you said. It's all those same knocks where it's like, are you really mm-hmm. that guy? Can you really mm-hmm. lead a team the way a number one overall pick should? Right. And, you know, he's you, you got to see it. You know, before the season, a lot of people thought that Justin Herbert, the quarterback from Oregon, was that second guy likely off the board, maybe yes. even the first. Yes. How do you think he's moved so far this season? Well, we had a... We had a fun little debate of all the top quarterbacks from this we class did. going against Drew Locke. We did. On the last pod. And we, I think the most, the one we were most torn on, the two of us, was Herbert versus Locke. Yep. I just barely gave Locke the edge. You just barely gave Herbert the edge. Yep. Since then, you have seen Justin Herbert live and in action. He's so tall. He is tall. He's so Which, tall. Which, again, what's interesting is... While short quarterbacks are becoming more and more in vogue and less and less concerning Mm -hmm. because, A, the NFL protects quarterbacks, so injury is not as concerning. Which is crazy to think, though, now that there are, like, what, 10 starting quarterbacks currently out? Oh, yeah, I know. Something like that. Yeah, no kidding. Right. Um, But on top of that, there is, though, a bit of backlash against tall quarterbacks, as Broncos fans know all too well. Yes, there is. The success rate for tall quarterbacks, not very good. If you're over 6'5", you're kind of in the danger zone. Huh. You you think that being not a lot of success scare, scare front offices away? I mean, if we're looking for historical precedents, which, again, all prospects are unique and should be analyzed as such. But, yeah, if you're trying to look for trends and stuff like that, you would say tall quarterbacks haven't worked out thus far. Yeah. So Herbert has that working against him. I know you mentioned that as uh, in passing as a joke, but that's worth mentioning. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, oh, also other things. So I noticed that he was tall when I first saw him. I also noticed that he has really bad hair. Ooh. Very greasy. Oh wow. And dude, is is there like a precedent for that? Oof. I don't feel comfortable getting into greasy okay. hair. We we might have to run back through it. I was yeah. surprised though. Like at first I thought it was wet, and I was like, no, I just don't think he showered. Put that Nike money to good use, Justin. I know. I wash know. that hair, man. Ugh. Do you yeah. have a hair product to suggest? That the people well, I usually <laughs> just say you use something that says like volume on it, like Pantene. Mm, that's Seems not to bad. Generally have that's good not stuff. bad. Yeah, and it just you're feels a bit like of it's a, nice and fluffy. You're a bit of a straight hair guy. So you're trying to fluff it up, right? Exactly, yeah. You need it. And I think that he's similar in that vein. He also has this, like for him, a little more volume would just make it look bulky. Because he doesn't really have a hairstyle. It just kind of like grows and it just seems to be cut randomly. Step your game up, Justin Herbert. I know. Maybe it was like the day before a haircut. I don't know. Maybe it's like a ritual before the game. Because I saw him like walking between, like Mm. after meetings. They do this big thing that's 
Not as cool as what the buffs do. It's like the don't not washing your socks or your jersey. He doesn't wash his Himself. hair. I think it was all of him. I don't think he just like left his hair out of the shower. I think he just wow rolled out of bed two o'clock start get there at eleven. <laughs> These are not the insights no, I expected nice from your Whatever. live viewing of Justin Herbert. Oh, no, I'm this uh, isn't what you want. <laughs> <laughs> this is not what I expected at all. Now, to bring it back to Great Drew smile. Locke. Okay, but yeah. We're seeing a bit of uh, similar to Locke in his final year of college mm-hmm. where he cleaned some things up. We, he always had those elite flashes, but he cleaned some things up. I think Herbert is starting to clean things up a little bit, anticipating throws better. Yep. Accuracy is a little better, though that the that completion percentage not where I want it to be. No, still, and we talked about this after the Montana game where he wasn't like overwhelmingly impressive to you against Montana this year. No, and we I, talked about it after the Auburn game, which, in fairness to Montana and CU, probably a more important matchup for his draft stock. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so I do think he's his internal clock speeding up a little more. Starting to take what the defense gives him a bit more, but doing it with more anticipation. Not as much deer in the headlights when pressure comes. Though those remain concerns, you know, against defenses that aren't banged up the way the buffs are. Is he going to be able to speed it up, make the right decisions on a consistent basis, anticipate throws? Those are your concerns, and those, you know, it might sound nitpicky, but in the NFL, that's really what's going to separate a great quarterback from a guy who has all the talent in the world, but is missing those qualities and can't succeed. Yeah. And you know, going into this week, so, so against Colorado, I don't know the exact numbers, something like he completed 18 of 34 passes, 32, 18 of 32. Great job. Okay. So, so I mean, obviously not great. That's like 52% right around there, but going into this week, he had completed about 72% of his passes, which is like four points higher than in any other season of his career. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so he had like shown a little bit more of that and took a step back against Colorado. I don't really know why. Looking back, it seemed like he was better than that. But the one thing I really did notice is he really worked the middle of the field well. Yeah. I, I really you was like impressed that. there. And I think that that is one of the big things for him going to the NFL level. You know, that that's where that anticipation really pays off. Where's the little gap in the zone? Can I fit it into a window? Window. Right. Otherwise, you know, there's outbreaking routes. Do you have the arm strength? Do you not? Like, there's your question. Can you throw the ball downfield? Can you throw yep. it up the side? All that kind of stuff. But, but I was impressed when I saw him throwing the ball in the middle of the field and that's a lot of what the NFL is going to when you yeah, take totally. when you take these like air raid concepts. Mm-hmm. It's all these little drag routes, right. crossing routes. Can you brush right. guys off? And and I think that that's something that he showed to me that he can do. And we've always known he has the arm strength. He has the ability to throw it, sling it on the run, right? So mm-hmm. he checks off those boxes, which are just kind of God given. But now he's progressing a little bit as a quarterback. So next week will be important, but I don't want to spoil segment three. Thank uh, you. He does have a big matchup, though. All right. I think there's one more quarterback we want to talk about. Dose. Oh, two? Oh, yeah. We got to get to – oh, we haven't done Burrow yet. So Burrow's the guy who I was hoping you were going to say may have moved in front of Tua Tagovailoa. I mean, that's some of the talk, though. Yeah. That is yeah. some of the talk right now. And why is that? Well, he's just looked so confident. Um, I heard some people describe him as just like a cold-blooded killer this year. You know, he has just taken no prisoners. He's attacking vertically. He's just going after it. Anticipation, touch, super accurate. 
It's been really fun to see. Super poised. Uh, he fits that prototypical NFL-type quarterback. Hmm. Uh, he's just a guy who you spread it out and let him sling it. And, you know, this Florida game should have been a big test, and he just annihilated them. Yeah. And he's doing it in tighter windows. He's just supremely confident right now. Uh, some, I think a lot of people are saying he's the front runner for the Heisman after last yeah. week, which we talked about last week. I still think it's Justin Fields, but Burrow is right there in the mix. I mean, going off on Florida for 293 yards, only three incompletions, three touchdowns. That's so impressive. It's really impressive. And, you know, that that was like the one game that I had a chance to actually sit down and watch all of because in case you guys haven't picked up on it or didn't like listen to last week's podcast, I was in Eugene for the Buffs mm-hmm. game against the Ducks this weekend. Mm-hmm. And so I was traveling all day Saturday. One of my flights on Delta, shout out to Delta for throwing, shout out Delta. <laughs> for throwing a little screens in the back so that I could watch either ESPN or ESPN2. Uh, so I got to catch all of that game. Like the flight started right there. It was pretty pretty great football first of all and it was lsu was impressive and, yeah. it, and it was it starts with burrow like you could tell that he was in complete control of everything against a good defense oh yeah I mean, he was good picking defense. on cj henderson you know i mean it was a back and forth battle for sure right, right but but i i did not think that that was a battle that lsu was going to be able to compete in not because Burrow wasn't good enough, but because, you know, we didn't know whether the receivers could actually get that kind of space, you know, that kind of stuff. So I, I was very impressed by, by what how he played. I think that it's it's kind of interesting to think about these guys who are confidence quarterbacks, you know, who, who seem like that's where everything works off of. And, again, mm-hmm. we talked about I, – I think I've made this Baker-Mayfield comp before, but it's that same thing where it's like, you know, he – if his head is in the game, if, if he's on fire, he knows it, and somehow that just builds. Those are scary guys. I mean, Baker is kind of the comp. You think so? I really do, yeah. I, I think Only so he's got better size. Yeah. I mean, Burrow has better yeah, size than does. Baker. Yeah, And it's almost, I mean, you Not as many antics as To well. a guy like Elway as well, who maybe is a little bit different style, but right. still kind of similar. And, and he was another, like, energy guy like when he got going when he got the ball in the fourth quarter you're like he's going down the field to win this game you know tom brady has a little bit of that in him mm-hmm. and so that's what makes far yeah exactly fiery yeah. exactly he has that fire and it's just whether that is going to be around enough because again like baker mayfield so far this year once he loses it everything just derails yeah he, he just cannot yeah, good point. find it and his mind isn't in the right spot so I mean, that's a way that Burrow could just bust if he doesn't have whatever kind of support he needs to get off to that hot start and see that he can be this good and keep that confidence in the NFL that he's kind of built at LSU. Well, that's what's interesting is as much, you know, we've already talked about two quarterbacks prior to Burrow. And, you know, the knock on guys like Tua is what he did last season against the really good defenses he's, he's played against. Herbert, same thing. I mm-hmm. keep like dwelling on deficiencies I've seen in the past. Well, Burrow, coming into the season, we weren't even thinking yeah. of him as yeah. a prospect. Like that 2018 tape is not good. And so how much of this system change that has made all the difference for LSU, is he really, you know, is he a system quarterback? It'd be hard to say he isn't considering how he's just taken his game to this whole new level. And I was seeing a great conversation on Twitter 
about who's the last guy that coming into their senior year was an afterthought and then took this jump into like being a almost a consensus first round pick. And I think the best answer was like Carson Palmer, who at USC struggled, 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 then really took his game to the next level as a senior and carved out a very, very strong uh, pro career. So it's interesting. Burrow is such an interesting case, and we're really just scratching the surface seven weeks in, but what he's done against teams like Texas and Florida has been really impressive. I agree. I, I don't know. I mean, the, the thing is, all of these guys are just so different, and and that's what makes it tough because Fun. you don't get yeah. to see... Like You can't go back and look at the guys who have been successful and find some trend like this is the type that works. They're all just different, and sometimes it pans out and sometimes it doesn't. And so it really just depends on the system you want to run, yeah. whether you want to throw those balls downfield or if you know you want Tua just kind of like being that field general can move but also take some – you know, they're just right. all different right. guys. You really have a guy for each flavor. The undersized athletic guy with great deep ball accuracy, maybe too much of a gunslinger in Tua. Yep. The tall athletic guy with all the talent in the world, maybe overly conservative, struggles mm-hmm. under pressure in Herbert. The out-of-nowhere pocket passer who's just going to carve you up with accuracy. And then, in Burrow, and then we have the guy we're going to talk about next who finally faced off against the real defense. Yeah. Yeah, Jalen Hurts. Our guy. Our guy. He... He just I don't know. I'm, I'm I mean I'm I'm in love with his game. I think that there are a lot of signs that point toward this being the type of quarterback that you're going to want for the next 20 years in the NFL. Solid point. I think that the the way the NFL is going, running more spread, less under center, less pro style, run twice, get to third and two and see what happens. You know, a lot of it is based on some of those air raid concepts like totally right some of those spread concepts and when you have a guy when everybody's spread out who can take a running lane that's huge like when you can when you have five guys out there and they're rushing four and have seven defenders if you can make one of those guys spy you and run routes away from the spy that that i mean it's like throwing Mm -hmm. another guy on the field totally i i I really like the way that he could fit the next and like on top of forcing of your edge rushers to play contained so they're oh, not yeah. getting after the court. You're oh, like yeah. taking out three defenders if oh, you do yeah. that, you know, you with are. the spy and the two edge rushers. And we kind of talked about that last week. And you almost them to send a blitz, like whether, whether they're leaving a spy there, whether you're ha- having somebody mm-hmm. run at you so mm-hmm. that you can fill those running lanes. It, it just makes a lot of sense that that is maybe not where the NFL is now. It's in that transition state where you see some of this working. Feels but like we're moving towards it, yeah. Exactly, and and so if you want to bet on that, bet on having this next. I mean, Mahomes like offense obviously hurts a little bit better runner than Mahomes, but but it's that same thing where it's like you have Tyreek Hill running back there, you have Sammy Watkins, you have Travis Kelsey who's a matchup nightmare. Plus, they need to commit another defender to like making sure you don't run, and if you don't, then he can pick up those third downs. It's just, I uh, I would like to see the Broncos try it. Obvious bust potential because. You know, there haven't been a lot of guys who move as well as Jalen Hurts has. You know, that's why Lamar Jackson's kind of like this. Such an anomaly. Uh, anomaly, exactly. Yeah. Like, Michael Vick could do it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I I, mean, how big's the list of guys who are this athletic? Yeah, Cam Newton. Cam Newton. Cam Newton. Kyler Murray. 
Yeah. Slowly, slowly starting, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but but going back, like it's just this transition. You know, right. And I think that it's going to fit. You even see the struggles Mariota's had so far. No, it's yeah. really interesting. And against the best defense he's faced so far, Hertz did show some deficiencies as a passer that are a little concerning. You know, um, wasn't always consistently accurate. Yep. Uh, struggled in tighter windows, forced a terrible throw in the end zone, and got picked off. You don't like to see that. A bit of a run-first mentality. Yep. And while we like runners in the NFL, we can't have run-first quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. We need you to still run to throw it. That's how you're going to make your yards and you're going to prolong your career for many years. His footwork is still so raw. He's taking so many of these passes where his footwork is just so backloaded. Um, but look, the athleticism's undeniable. The arm strength is undeniable. Some of the throws he was able to complete while his weight is completely backloaded and he's kind of fading away were just incredible. I mean, I, I loosely compared him to Josh Allen, and it's not a, a great comparison, but he's got some of that where it's like he can pull thing, he can pull rabbits out the hat and just do insane stuff and against Texas's defense he runs for 131 yards throws for 235 and three touchdowns four touchdowns between running and passing I mean pretty impressive outing and again still just scratching the surface it feels like in a lot of ways and, and that's so weird to say about somebody who has been playing college football at a very high level for so long but you know, that that's just point. where he's at. I'm, at. At Alabama, it didn't seem like they were really coaching up the footwork, trying to make him a guy who's going to be that precise yeah. passer. Yeah. And so with a full, you know, I guess maybe not right away, but eventually a full NFL offseason to work on coaches who know how to teach footwork at the highest level. Like, right, just focusing on that instead of the RPO game Yeah, could really help. So so we'll see. I mean, I think again, all like four you said, of these guys, though, are first rounders. Me too. Yeah. Like you said, though, like the accuracy, concerning for yep, sure. Totally. But, I mean, there have been guys with accuracy knocks before. Like Baker Mayfield had that accuracy knock, didn't he? Mm, no, not really. Not. Uh, Josh Allen did, though. Yeah. Brett Favre did. Kyler Murray. Michael Vick did. Yeah. Yeah, Kyler, not so much. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh, maybe I'm... Uh, yeah, it was so accurate. Oh, okay. Well, But, um, I mean, he's the least accurate of the Oklahoma quarterbacks the last three years, but that's no knock. Kyler and Baker were pretty darn accurate. Mm-hmm. So. You just got to... I don't know. I, I I think that it could really work out for him, but no, it could also. Just I do be a too. I mean, I'm 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 with it, and I think his stock is just going progressively higher and higher and higher and higher and higher and higher and higher. And then there were some more standouts from the games we just mentioned. Yeah, uh, want to start? <sighs> I don't even know. Uh, Javon Kinlaw. We were talking about him in in here what in the office earlier. A stud. Yep. Well, where's his draft stock now? Yeah, I mean, we talked about him a couple of weeks ago. I mentioned him kind of in passing, and you kind of gave me a wow when I mentioned his size. Uh, he was really spectacular against Georgia and South Carolina's big upset. Uh, he's just the guy who's just scratching the surface. He's got a lot of Chris Jones-type uh, traits when he was at Mississippi State where it's like, man, if this guy ever puts it all together... He's going to be such a stud. Uh, that's Javon Kinlaw for you. He's been so special this season. Really an exciting down lineman there at South Carolina. They probably don't pull off the upset if not for him and what he was able to do in creating pressure on from. And, uh, you know, just 
the little stunt games they played with him. He was so impressive, man. And you can't teach that kind of length, athleticism. And now he's hustling more. His motor is playing up, so he's running plays down. And you're watching this 6'5", 300-pound guy chasing down running backs like it's nothing. It is something else to see. So I think we started talking about him. He was a day-two pick where you're gambling on upside. Now he's like a late first-rounder. By next week, he'll be a mid-first. And a week after that, we'll be like, oh, I hope he's still around for the Broncos pick at like 12th overall. Really? Yeah. So so do you think that, that kind of stud? Do you think that the Broncos, we've talked about this a lot, their need is still inside defensive line? You know, Mike Purcell's stepping up. But Mike Purcell's Shelby stepping Harris up. is now in a position that fits him just a mm-hmm. little bit better. I mean, maybe they lose Derek Wolf, but Demarcus Walker's look good behind him. Draymond Jones is looking Draymond good. Jones, Derek yeah. Wolf turned back the clock. I don't know that Derek yeah. Wolf has oh, been yeah. that good a pass rusher for several years. Now. I agree. I mean, it that seems was like unbelievable because the whole narrative around him was, yeah, he was really good that Super Bowl year. But then after that, he's like, huh, eh, right. He was, he was right. a good defensive lineman, but there are those guys around now. Right. Yes, he is exciting. I mean, maybe the Broncos don't even need compared to the other spots, at least an inside defensive lineman. Hey, after the last two weeks, you could definitely make a case for that. I'm, I'm, Cautiously optimistic. Okay. That this can continue. I'm not ready to be like, oh no, we've got our D line rotation. Okay. Lock them in. Don't worry about anything else. Uh yeah. But no, Kinlaw's a guy, and again, when you're drafting high in the first round, you don't even care about need. You just go after the best player available. You think this guy could be an Akeem Hicks in Fanjo's defense, and he's got those types of traits. Then you go get them, figure out the roster later. All right. There is a position that the Broncos have a need for, and there's a guy on that same team who uh, fills that position. What do you, What do we need to know about cornerback Israel Mukuamu from South Carolina? Well, he was not on my radar, but he had three interceptions, one for a touchdown against Georgia. Kid has size, ball skills, obviously, after that game. He's a guy we definitely need to start paying attention to because he was phenomenal in that game. Six foot four cornerback, Hank. Six foot four at corner. It seems just concerning, though, right? How is he fast enough to keep up with that? How is he quick enough? And yet he made it happen against Georgia. He did. You're exactly right, though. A guy that big. We need to figure out, you know, how fast is he? How fluid are those hips turning and running after wide receivers? And is he only suited for a press-heavy cover-three type scheme? Huh. You know? Yep. I mean, that would make sense that that would be what he's best at. That would. But yet those ball skills, ah, you wonder if he could play some cover-two as well and be a little more of that ball hawk in the flats, and that could help. And he's got that physicality, so that could help. And, you know, he checks off some boxes that could help him in Fanjo's defense. All right, so we've got a bunch of guys that we want to keep talking about, but we're going a little bit long in the first segment. Let's let's talk about a couple real quick, and then we'll fly through the rest. I feel like we have to spend some time on C.D. Lamb. Oh, my gosh, how good was he? He was incredible. He was unstoppable. He looked like the best receiver in the country. Man among boys, uh, yeah. No, you could make a case that he's better than Jerry Judy. I think so. Totally. And I I love that when you say he's the best receiver in the country, we already know, like, there's been this established number one for so long that, yeah, he could be better than Jerry Judy. Like, And, and that's what this weird thing is, where it's the same thing at quarterback, where, like, has Burrow right. passed to a tag of I love? Right, right. No, I mean... 
dude, no one can match CD's physicality. And he's fast too. And he's fast. It's unbelievable. So, and he's physical on 50-50 balls to go up and get him. Mm-hmm. He's physical with the ball in his hands as a runner. This guy's a stud, man. I think, yeah. He is a stud. He's going to tear up NFL defenses for like 10 years. Um, I think I mentioned it a couple weeks ago that I'd already moved him ahead in my rankings just slightly over Visca. I think that's fair. Hurts me, but I got to do it just because of Visca's uh, injury concerns. And, yeah, I mean, then look, if the Broncos are drafting in the top 10, you probably can't go wrong with the wide receiver. Yeah. Just because someone out of CD, Jerry, Visca, even Henry Ruggs is probably going to be available. Like, I don't think all yep. four of those guys go in, like, the top five. So if you have one of those dudes staring you in the face, it's going to be hard to pass on. And and there's an, an, another guy who you think could be better than Jerry Judy as well from uh, Alabama. Same Henry Ruggs, your namesake. Yes, definitely. Totally named after me. I do wonder. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because I'm probably like a year <laughs> older than him. Right, barely. You talk about him. I'll look up his birthday. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what Ruggs has is just world-class speed, and we see it on display just about every week. He actually matched Jerry Judy's all-time career record for Alabama, so that's impressive with that like impressive. way fewer catches. His, not just his speed, like his acceleration to catch the ball and then just run away from guys who had kind of caught up because he had to slow down to catch the ball mm-hmm. and then just take off is otherworldly. And I can only imagine the kind of impact he would have in these, you know, Sean McVay, West Coast offense, in the Tyree Kill spot, or even in like, oh, we're faking we're faking a jet sweep like 40% of the time pre-snap and we only yep. give it to him like 5% of the time, but he's so fast that you got to respect it. Uh, he would be so dynamic. So, yeah, Henry Ruggs, like, look out. Uh, again, he was another guy who was like, ah, he puts it all together. You'll, he'll be a fringe first rounder this year. Now it's like, eh, would you take him ahead of Jerry Judy? That's pretty and crazy. I think he'll test better than Jerry, which is why he might go higher than Judy, oh. which is insane. Yeah. All right. Insane. Um, let's keep moving. Let's uh, touch on a couple other receivers who played in the same game, uh, Denzel Mims from Baylor oh. and TJ Vasher from Texas Tech. Who oh. won that matchup? Mims did just barely. That was an incredible game in the Pac-12 that went to overtime. Uh, Baylor quietly a ranked team and doing like some real stuff. They're they're coming back, which is nice to see. Um, though they certainly deserve to disappear there for a minute. Um, you know they both these guys both have size and are showing us they can make those tough catches, those acrobatic grabs. You know if you don't go wide receiver round one, getting someone like this in that middle round two would be really nice. All right. Um, from the Oregon game, left tackle uh, Sewell? Sewell Penny yeah. Sewell. We got to talk about this guy. He's not even draft eligible, just a sophomore. You actually witnessed history. Oh, First history. ever f- time he'd ever been flagged. He started oh, really? for two years. He had never been flagged before. Huh. He was irate about it. Huh. Rightfully so. But he's like, I was telling you this off air, you know that scene in The Blind Side when Michael Orr gets the speech from Sandra Bullock and then just like escorts the dude out of the stadium? Mm -hmm. 
that's what Penny Sewell was doing to our poor Colorado Buffaloes in that game yeah. Friday night. Um, I here's a bold statement. Okay. In the, I think it's like eight, almost nine years. I've been like studying tape, doing my own rankings, blah blah blah. I've never seen a better offensive tackle prospect. Really? Yeah. Do you think um, it's helped by the fact that that entire offensive line is really talented? I think that big time helps. Okay. I think it helps that he's got one of the best offensive line coaches in the country and mm -hmm. Mario Cristobal out there. Um, I think it helps that he's got a proven quarterback and it'll be interesting to see how he does without a proven quarterback. But, you know, when you're just like mowing guys for the run and you're so strong and big and athletic in pass protection, you can't teach that. So the people who are going to be like, uh, oh, test drew lockout in 2020 and 2021, if it doesn't work, you draft Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. First off life seldom works out so perfectly. <laughs> Secondly, if you're in a position to draft those guys, I might prefer you draft Penny Sewell because he's that type of a generational talent. Um, he's been on the radar for a while, but since they played the buffs and he was just so overwhelmingly amazing, I had to, we had to talk about him today. All right. A um, couple more guys. C.J. Henderson, cornerback. Uh, Do we touch on him in the podcast or before? I think it might have been off air. No, in the podcast. Oh, that was we? on air. Okay. Um, I can never remember. I thought he held his <laughs> own, though he did get beat on a, a few shorter things but i thought he held his own he's interesting to gauge where his stock is i think there's maybe a little prospect fatigue with him where it's like ah, eh, yeah cj henderson mm -hmm. um he's there he's been on our radars for what feels like two years um but no he's he's a stud man i think i think florida's defense in general played well it's just lsu's offense played way better and why do you think that was <sighs> Because of Joe Burrows, baby. Oh, okay. And they're balanced, and that O line's playing really well. Another guy, yeah, exactly. Their center, Cushenberry, was a beast, and he would be such a nice fit in the Broncos' offense. All right, I think that that's all we have for standouts. Uh, before we move on to talking about all of the losers, which is sometimes yeah, more fun. That's a shorter list. Um, we want to talk about Breckenridge Brewery. Oh yes, please. Uh, you didn't make it to the Broncos tailgate this weekend. I didn't. I was at the last one. I, uh, but I did. Yeah. And I drank a lot of those beers. What did you drink on? United and oh, Orange did that. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Mostly Strawberry Sky. Strawberry Sky is so good. They I'm good. Uh, working through a six-packer at home. That's been enjoyable. Nice. Yeah, I mean. We stocked up on some uh, vanilla Porter, okay. so that the Nuggets guys can do Michael Porter. Love that joke. Vanilla Porter, and then yeah. we also stacked up on the Avalanche. Avalanche, so which is their classic beer, award-winning, uh, can't go wrong. So Amber Ale. Yep. And so then the Avalanche guys got to talk about that, and we all got told you are not allowed to drink those beers. Those are for those guys, because we have beer in the office all the time. I don't think we say this enough, but like people are just cracking beers in the afternoon. Rules. SMH. Yeah. Huh? No. No, that's no fun if to not. We have some beer. lager right there on top of that fridge. We so, do. anyways, we endorse all these beers. We love They're every single beers. one. Colorado Core is one we didn't mention and maybe is the best of all. They also have their Bronco specific United and Orange, which is an IPA with a little bit of a citrusy. They do such a good job of incorporating like fruit 
yeah, but doing do. it in such a subtle, it's smooth peaceful. way where it doesn't overpower it. It just adds a little yeah. like extra note to your palate. It does. To be like, oh, this isn't just a light beer that tastes like every light beer I've ever had, or this isn't like an IPA that tastes like every IPA I've ever had. It's like, oh no, this is, these guys get my taste buds and I love them for it. And if you want to try any of these, uh, then you can go to the beer locator on Breckenridge Brewery's website and it will tell you which like stores or liquor stores or gas stations sell this stuff so that you can find it and try whatever beer you want to try. Um, Also, want to give a shout out to Denver Rubber Company. And while I still don't fully understand what exactly they do, <laughs> I can tell you that they make rubber out of different sorts of rubber because there are different kinds of rubber and they'll tell you like which rubber material is the best for your project. Yep. And have these conversations yep. to make sure that whether you're like the aerospace industry they say, so like if you're making a plane that requires some rubber, they can definitely get you rubber for your plane. Wow, you are um, so in over your head on this. Huh? I have not gotten this read <laughs> done well. Um, I Googled what a gasket is. And, yep, uh, yep, yep. Looks like it's made of rubber. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> true. So true. Um, yeah, but if, but if you like seriously need rubber, Denver Rubber Company is the place to go because they're a local company. They've been around since 1972. They have all the experience making all this stuff for all these different industries, construction, medicine, the military. Yeah, if you're like in the military need rubber, <laughs> go to these guys. <laughs> Electronics. They'll help you wow. like design your products, including the material, like the molded shape of your rubber. Oh, uh, oh boy. Yeah, so definitely Q, like... Q-sex doll joke here. Oh, yes. <laughs> Maybe they do have... Okay. Uses hey, for hey, people hey. like us. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> but yeah, so they'll they'll definitely help you out with whatever you need to be made out of rubber. Um, so call them, Denver Rubber Company, a uh, local company. Go to drcfirst.com or call them, like I said, 1-800-259-0010 and tell them that we sent you. Uh, so yeah. Denver Rubber Company. Be like, Hank and Dre sent me, and they'll be like, uh, <laughs> sorry, what? Yeah, Hank and Dre said <laughs> I could come get gaskets. <laughs> You'll be like, you know, the DMVR draft pod, and they'll be like, like what they bury uh, people in. come again, <laughs> sir? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, no, but seriously, DNVR, thank you to the Rubber Company. We love yes. you guys. Can make hoses, <laughs> okay. some contract okay. manufacturing. Okay. I don't know how to... <laughs> Maybe our mic could you cords imagine me could be to made anything. from Oh, <laughs> is this what rubber is? That's That would be that rubber that right some there. Rubber. Okay. Oh, it's that's a shame this do. isn't on video. We need to get Denver Rubber Company to start making our <laughs> mic cords for us. <laughs> and explaining great. rubber to you. And that would be a great video. I know. The first time I read like different I materials, that. I was like, well, rubber is the <laughs> material. <laughs> so so yeah, it's like different sorts oh. of rubber, I guess. I'm gonna I love you know this what? man. Maybe this so isn't the much. time to Google like I what? think so. Yep. Yeah, it is the time? He, no, no, oh. it, it is not the time. Okay. He already has gaskets pulled up on his Google. I still so. do not understand. <laughs> Looks like they range from like one dollar to twenty dollars. <laughs> I bet Denver Rubber Company would give you a steal on some gaskets. Oh, you are the greatest. You are the rubber. greatest tank. Never uh, change. Okay. Um oh it's a mechanical seal. Oh huh. boy. <laughs> oh, we can move on. We can move along to losers. Now, uh, before a winner all around, and we didn't mention him in segment one because he's so important to us, 
Warren Jackson, the CSU oh, wide receiver. Yep. Do you need to give him a shout out? He Mountain went off. Player of the week. Yeah. Player of the week. What a stud. What a stud. He's 6'6. His route running's improved so much. He's creating separation, which for a guy that size is just unreal. Uh, shouldn't be happening. He's already way more talented than Preston Williams, their star from last year, and doesn't have any of the off field concerns. Uh, he might end up having a bigger impact in the NFL than Hollywood Higgins or Michael Gallup. I'm just so high on Warren Jackson, a kid who lit up Alabama a couple years ago. Uh, such a great red zone threat. I hope that with all the success the Broncos have had with prospects locally, they strongly consider Warren Jackson and can just get the next local stud. I agree. There you go. Also, LaVisca. Uh, yes, please, Visca. Especially if he actually falls because... That'd be amazing. Like they, he could you imagine Cortland Sutton, Warren Jackson, and Lavisca Chenault with Noah Fant as their tight exactly. end, and like, Phil Lindsay <laughs> as their running back? Oh uh, my! Oh my! Oh uh, my! Oh my! Just because I have some of this inside knowledge, I can't say like these injuries that Lavisca is suffering. Like they are not related in any way. Like the last one, again, we aren't allowed to talk because I couldn't get it confirmed. So I guess that's on my bad. Like I couldn't get anybody to say like you go to it, but it's not anything that like. You you would be concerned about going forward, yeah. So like, I wouldn't be too concerned about that stuff for Lavisca until the injuries start making more sense together. Because you have to remember, like when you watch him play, he doesn't just go down. That's something that he should do, but instead he just takes three hits every time he touches the ball. Like first, some somebody hits him, then he's getting held up, and the second guy hits him, and he's still moving. And the third guy knocks him down. And that stuff just like piles on. Like they're they're all just like these different injuries that aren't related. And maybe he just is fragile, but I wouldn't be too concerned at this point. Which means he'd be a steal because teams will think that it's a concern. Exactly. So there you go. Some great insights on Visca's health and why it's not too concerning. NFL scouts listening to this, you find him on Twitter, Henry Chisholm. Slide in my DMs. Slide in his I got DMs. Stories. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, great. Losers? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, let's talk about some losers. Um, really, just two. Yeah. One's injury-related. You well, were there live to there. witness it. Jacob Breeland, the tight end. <sighs> he was having such a great season. We're going to talk about how great he was having it in a second. Uh, So, such a bummer, man. Oregon's really, leading really receiver by far. Yep. It wasn't close. He was catching all the tight ends. He, he caught a pretty great touchdown before he got hurt. And it was kind of a blown coverage by a safety, but he was right there up the seam. Touchdown. Yeah. There you go. Dynamic um, receiving tight end. Have we heard that it was a torn ACL? Do we know anything? Just the way that his knee, all that stuff, I just assume that's where things were headed. We should actually Google that real quick. Yep. Um, we have the power of Google. But, yeah, like he he looked good. Obviously, he limped off to the locker room. Uh, yeah, he is out for the year. Yeah, out for the year. Probably should have checked before I just huge bummer. It was what it huge looked bummer. Like. Yeah. But, yeah, it's a huge bummer. And, again, like, oh, boy. Uh, Jake Butt just flashed into my brain. A guy who oh. tore his ACL and it kind of like dropped oh, off. And this doesn't sad. mean I don't mean this in like a he. There goes his career. But type like of way, Jeff Hireman, Troy Fumagalli, yeah, exactly. injuries like, with tight ends have been a a thing locally. So yeah, and so it's maybe a bummer. This does knock him down a little bit. Yeah. And again, the Broncos can kind of get a steal. Obviously, concerns. He got hurt. Like yeah. you know, there's no guarantee that don't necessarily out, need a tight end. But yeah, no, I feel. Oh yeah, yeah there is that part. But I mean. Yeah. 
I mean, you, you, you could, could pull him in the, if, if he falls to the... Yeah, Ironman might not be like around that. any much longer. Pair band and him. Right. With the way the Broncos are running this offense, super heavy, throwing a couple fullbacks out there. If you find him in day three, oh, why not? Right? I mean, you have to. Why not? It's like Jake Butt. There you, look at us spinning injuries in a positive way. What we cannot for, well, spin... spinning them positively for us. For Not uh, right. for the actual people right. who are... Right. How yeah. very selfish of us. It's yes. true. Good for you, Hank, pointing out how we're selfish we and not such people. nice people. Yep. Want to hear more about uh, <laughs> Please, please, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> someone, someone save me. Not um, a casket. Um, yeah, who was not a gasket this week was Jake oh. Fromm. I don't is know that if that transition works. I have no, no idea. No, Maybe he was a gasket. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, so Jake Fromm, three interceptions. So bad. So bad. So bad. That arm just doesn't look good at all. Granted, Ryan pointed this out in our Slack. Ryan Koningsberg, who does this Broncos pod regularly, used to do the Buffs pod, blah, blah, blah. You know who we're talking about. Oh, yeah. Um, In our, 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 our company, Slack was just saying how the that Georgia offense set football back like 20 years. All they're doing is like run, run, pass, run, run, pass, punt, run, run, pass, punt. Like, ugh, figure something else out, Georgia. Jeez, this is the same school that wasted away Justin Fields, for example. So not yep. a fan of the dogs and how they just wasted away all the offensive talent they have in that terrible loss to South Carolina. But from, I've never gotten the hype. This is just one of those classic games where I'm kind of like, yeah, I told you so. Like, he's at best Andy Dalton. Well, Fromm got a bunch of attention in high school, right? From that quarterback one show, QB, QB one. one. Show. Well, and then he wins the job. He supersedes Jacob Eason, yep. takes over the job, yep. almost takes him to the natty. I mean, takes him to the natty, almost wins the natty. And then, like, you know, Justin Fields can't beat him out, forces him to transfer. Like, if you look at just the quarterbacks he's beaten out, you'd think he was a stud. You'd think. But when you watch him, he's just like a college-level game manager who's a bigger reason why they haven't gone undefeated and won the natty than he is a reason why they've had such a turnaround since he got there. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I totally so, agree. I think he'll stay in school. We'll see next year. Obviously, it's just one game. But this is more of the same from from Once in a while, he flashes NFL throws. He did it against South Carolina, too. And the rest of the time, he's kind of like, Meh, like, bro, I'm not, I'm not pounding the table for this guy. I'm not taking this guy in round one. Just forget it. Stop with the Jake from to the NFL talk. He's not an NFL caliber quarterback. All right, that's I it. I will stop. Oh, thank you. You're thank welcome. You, um, until next week when I forget and ask you about him again. Um, so I think now we want to get into our questions, our comments, which we often forget to do. Um, do you have those pulled up for us, Dre? Right here. Oh, yeah, you do. Oh, yeah, you do. All right. Here we go. Kentucky UDFA. We love you, Kentucky UDFA. All right. So Kentucky UDFA says, all right, I left a long post about how you guys are killing it, and I love hearing your college football impo- input. My thoughts on UK players who could be day two to three picks for the Broncos. Now, I'll just give names and positions for you guys to look at and see their posi- p- or potential fit for what the Broncos are looking for. Lynn Bowden, wide receiver slot slash playmaker. Um, Ahmad Wagner, a six foot six, two hundred fifty pound receiver. Drake Jackson, a center. Uh, Logan Stenberg, a guard. Landon Young, a left tackle. Lots of linemen. Those are good. 
would love to hear any insight you have on these guys. On the defensive side of the ball, we'll have to wait until next year before our young guys will be considered after getting some seasoning. I know that you hear UK football, or I know when mo- when you hear UK football, most people laugh, but Mark Stoops is bringing in and developing a lot of talent these days. Thanks for taking the time to look at my post and hope to hear your thoughts. Yeah, not surprised on the defensive side. Guys like Lonnie Johnson and Josh Allen leaving a year ago, ago. Obviously, big losses, so kind of a youth movement there, developing guys. Really intrigued by Ahmad Wagner of the guys he mentioned more than anything. Um, just because, you know, the kid's got size. I almost wonder if uh, if he'd convert to tight end. Um, but we got to watch some more Kentucky stuff. I defer to our guy, Kentucky UDFA, who's a great listener and obviously tuned into things. So I love those insights. We will be paying more attention to Kentucky, and we will be talking about someone in Lynn Bowden Jr. right now, another guy that's got me intrigued. And it's worth noting, uh, Kentucky UDFA also mentioned that the the Wildcats— it took me a second to pull that. Good job. I, yep. I, I should have had that faster. Uh, they, they lost their first, second, and third-string quarterbacks, so the wide receiver stats are not— that's tough. What they could be. That yeah. is tough. Yeah. Could be a reason that these guys fall, though, and become value picks. Uh, yeah. Love to hear that. I'm not going to lie. The first time I read UK, I thought of the United Kingdom and football players in there, and I was like, yeah, this is a weird place to go. And I'm not going to tell you at what point I realized that Kentucky UDFA was talking about the University of Kentucky and not Europe, but... It took a little bit longer than it probably should have. Context clues. They are our friends. The fact that it's about football should have been the first. (laughs) 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 You think? (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah. So, appreciate those. Um, We're going to come back in a second and talk about the Associated Press's midseason All-American team. Um, The first team, second team. We're going to dig into that. All the players they think stand out and break it down. After we tell you about Strava Craft Coffee. Um, as you know, we are big proponents of Strava Craft Coffee here because it's basically just like drinking magic, uh, CBD enriched coffee. So when you drink it, it will help with back pain or migraines or anxiety or whatever you could need help. I mean, there's no guarantee that it's going to fix your issue, but there's a good chance that. It will, based on what I have heard about how CBD works. Uh, CBD is all natural. It isn't psychoactive. I mean, the coffee's actually really good as well. So I think that that's enough reasons to try it. But if you need one more, you can actually get 20% off if you use the code BSN2019 at checkout, and they'll ship it straight to your door. So that's a pretty great deal that you guys should all check out. Uh, All right. Back in for the final segment of the pre-week eight uh, DNVR draft podcast. So many podcasts. I can never remember which. And then I'm like, DSN. I'm like, oh, no, we don't do that anymore. (laughs) Uh, But what we want to talk about now is the AP's midseason All-American team. Uh, Let's just start with the offense. Uh, Who would have thunk it? First team quarterback, Joe Burrow, the senior from LSU, who we have spoken quite a bit about. Uh, the second team quarterback, Tua Tagovailoa, the junior from Alabama. Any beef there? 
I don't know how you can have this list and not have Justin Fields in there. Really? I'm I mean, sorry I mean, to I keep mean, pounding yeah, the, I mean, the table, stats are there, but like the production's there. Like, I take him over Tua. I think that that's and I'd where it put him to be. first team over Burrow. I, I I think that Burrow and Fields are probably the go tos. Tua has the name, obviously. Yeah, Hurts too. I don't agree with Hurts being excluded. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, yeah. I think uh, I think all three Burrow, Fields, and Hurts deserve to be above Tua. All right. And the AP is just doing classic uh, ranking stuff. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Just yeah. sticking with That's the safe happens. thing. Because Tua gets all the hype, but his hype more is kind of like as the NFL prospect. I'm sure he's done a bunch of great things, but I think that having that number one pick hype helps him out a little more than it should in like the what is the actual production this year category. Right. Um, moving along to running backs. Uh <sighs> So they do two on each team, first team and second team. And on first team, they have Jonathan Taylor, the junior from Wisconsin, and Chuba Hubbard, the junior from Oklahoma State. Uh, okay. Um, has to be Jonathan Taylor up there, right? Has to be Jonathan Taylor, no doubt. And Hubbard, hard to argue against the uh, 6'1 sophomore who already has 1,094 yards on the season and 13 Ooh. touchdowns. Ooh. That's uh, he's averaging six point seven yards per carry. Wow, impressive. Uh, second team, J.K. Dobbins, the junior from Ohio State, and then Kenneth Gainwell, the freshman from Memphis. Memphis quietly uh, doing big things, and uh, Gainwell hearing hearing a lot of good things. So that's nice to know. That is nice to know. Um. The tackles, a couple guys that we've spoken a lot about. Andrew mm. Thomas, junior from Georgia, a guy that we've been talking about a lot as a top 10 pick, and then Penny, Penny Sewell, the sophomore from Oregon. No complaints. You got it right. Nope. And then second team, Jedrick Wills, junior, a junior from Alabama, and Trey Adams, a senior from Washington. That is a little more interesting that they're giving it to Jedrick Willis, the right tackle for Bama, instead of the left tackle, Alex Leatherwood, who is the more intriguing NFL prospect. Though Willis, I think we mentioned him last week too, definitely coming on. Trey Adams, meh. I'll be interested to see him against Oregon this week. All right. Uh, guards. John Simpson, the senior from Clemson, and Shane Lemieux, senior from Oregon, mm -hmm. are your uh, first team. Yep. Second team, Wyatt Davis, a sophomore from Ohio State, and Tommy Kramer, a senior from Notre Dame. The two guys on the second team are balling out, frankly. Um, but I, I have no complaints here. I'm pretty sure Shane Lemieux actually did like the post-game interview after the Colorado-Oregon game. Like well, he was who like FS1 about? went to. Like, on not, the field? Yeah. Oh, not not Justin Herbert, not any of those guys. I think it was Penny Sewell. Uh, was actually. it Sewell? Now yeah. that I said, I yeah. think it was. Sewell. I think it was Penny Sewell. Yep, Sewell Lemieux. Yeah. Amazingly, still had it on by the time they were doing the <laughs> post game interviews, uh, which I was, was a little sick. Fight into the press room. Good okay. for you. Uh, center. Yeah. Tyler Biadas, yep. a junior from Wisconsin, and Matt Hennessy, a junior from Temple, as second team. Not having Creed Humphrey, the center from Oklahoma, on either of these teams is an absolute travesty. Well, there you go. We have takes. Um, oh, actually, tight end is next. Uh, of course, Jacob Breeland, the senior from Oregon, is first. So sad, man. It's so sad, but you know, now that he's out, probably not going to uh, yeah. hold on to that spot, which is too bad. 
Uh, second team, Albert Oque. Oh, we just call Aqu- him Aqu- Albert O from Missouri. Aquugbanum. Yeah. Junior from Aquugbunum. Ag- uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. The junior from Missouri. We're going to have to work on that because he is really good. Yep. I'm done with that. The wide receivers will surprise you. Yeah. No, this is where things got weird. Uh, C.D. Lamb, the junior from Oklahoma, first team. No surprise there. Makes sense. And the other first team receiver. Devonte Smith, the junior from Alabama, not Henry Ruggs, not Jerry Judy. Devonte Smith, who, in fairness, is having an um, unbelievable season. Oh, to exclude Ruggs though, because Jerry Judy does get the second team nod, is a little surprising. There's just so many talented yeah. wide receivers in the country right now. Omar Bayless, senior from Arkansas State, got the other second That's, team. That nod. one surprises me. Yeah, I mean, but these are good good names to to keep under our hats is that the expression um probably not kentucky udfa will like the (laughs) all-purpose player they gave it to lynn bowden jr a junior from kentucky i I love that it's junior who is a junior uh yeah and the second team all-purpose player is demetric felton a junior from ucla there you go sure hopefully declares sooner rather than later because you want to get out of ucla asap okay kickers Peyton Henry, sophomore from Washington. Sure. Here's a fun one. Uh, second team kicker, Rodrigo Blankenship, senior from Georgia. Yeah, fun story. Blankenship just missed an overtime kick to lose the dogs' undefeated season. So Whoops. maybe it's like update your stuff, AP. Also, Jeez. he wears glasses, I believe. He sure does. So, Hank. yeah, that's been my knock on him for a while. Now I have a real reason to... Uh, have a knock on him. There you go. Uh, those are all the offensive positions. That's what they call offense. They call punter defense. They don't do returners or anything, which is kind of disappointing. But time to get now into the defensive side of the ball with your defensive ends. Chase Young, a junior from Ohio State, and James Lynch, junior from Baylor. Lynch is right up there, um, one of the leaders in the country in tackles for a loss and sacks. Honestly surprised not to see um, Curtis Weaver from Boise State on here. Yeah, because he wasn't even second team. Second team is Jonathan Greener, the senior from Florida, and Yatur Gross Matos, the junior from Penn State. Yep, uh, those guys are on the radar. Greenland, great story. An at Louisville transfer who's really done great things for the Gators this season. Um, Lynch for Baylor, though, is listed as more of a defensive tackle. Intriguing guy. I always like hybrid players like that. All right. Uh, onto the defensive tackles, Derek Brown, the senior from Auburn, and mm. Javon Kinlaw, the senior from South Carolina. Get first team. Uh, second team is Lakai Fotu, the senior from Utah, mm-hmm. and Bravion Roy, the senior from Baylor. Yeah, so Baylor on the D-line, killing it. Uh, those two first-teamers, definitely friends of the program, would love to see either of those guys in Broncos Orange and Blue. Yep. Um Oh, and I was looking at offense. I was trying to figure out what a defensive guard was. Uh, linebackers, <laughs> oh. Evan Weaver. Well, I mean, like now, now the way college football works with all these different, like, sure, ev- every team has a different name for its like hybrid defensive guard would work. Yeah, just yeah. like oh yeah, he's our guard. We put him right here. <laughs> like he's mostly a run stopper, but also he can cover. That's why he's two hundred and thirty pounds instead two hundred and forty like the other guy. You know. Oh, oh, yeah. oh you're gonna love this. You're gonna love okay. this. You're gonna love this. Oh, I'm so excited for this. Linebackers. We're such nerds. Oh, my God. Evan Weaver, the senior from California. Yep. Isaiah Simmons, junior from Clemson. Oh. 
<laughs> what was that? Um, uh, Zach Vaughn, a senior from Wisconsin. Those are your first team linebackers. Okay, we've talked about Weaver and the insane numbers he's posted this year, like 20-plus tackles in a lot of games. Isaiah Simmons, absolute freak hybrid safety linebacker after Dylan Moses got injured. He's like the top NFL prospect at the position there is. Frankly, I think he would have gone in round one had he declared last year. I think I might have taken him over Devin Bush. That's an aside. Zach Bond, really talented dude for this Wisconsin defense. We're not talking nearly enough about. He's another of the the leaders in tackles for a loss in sacks. I've been talking about Wisconsin, though. Wisconsin's great. Look what they did. Yeah, they're crazy good. I can flex on that later, though, probably. Second teamers, not as exciting as I thought because it's not Evan Weaver again. Which <laughs> I, really I was excited. so excited to call the AP out. <laughs> it's Curtis Weaver, who I said should have been on the D end list. That's right. So you got it right. Good they job. Put him at linebacker. Joe Bachy? Bucky. Bachi. Bachi. Yeah, whatever. Senior from Michigan Bakey. State. Kenneth Murray, Oklahoma. He's having a great se- season. I'm so sorry. All right. Uh, now to the cornerbacks. Derek Stingley, the freshman from LSU, uh, and Jeff Okuda, junior from Ohio State. Those are your starters. Derek Stingley. Uh, Stud pro. Yeah, he was. But there were also some iffy plays against Florida. Like, like obviously, there was like the – was it a breakup or an interception? Something something like that. But early on, like, they kind of picked on him just a little bit. And that's why I was surprised to see him as first team. Am I, am I just crazy? I mean, it's crazy to have a freshman in their period. True. I think he's outplaying, though, guys like Christian Fulton and what have you who huh. – and a year ago, we came into the season thinking, oh, Greedy Williams will be the top cornerback in the class. Christian Fulton outplays him. This year, we come into it thinking, oh, Christian Fulton's going to be the top cornerback in the class. Again, like Greedy, not even the best corner on his own team because this freshman Stingley's outplaying him. It's the good and bad part of being at a place like DBU. Yeah. Uh, on to the second-team cornerbacks, Bryce Hall, the senior from Virginia, and C.J. Henderson, junior from Florida. Yeah, Hall's a guy that old Vic Fangio would like a lot because he's versatile, he's feisty, he does everything well, can play well in zone, can play well in man. Really intriguing. Having a nice season for Virginia that has been ranked in stretches this year. All right. Uh, safeties, first team Grant Delpit, uh, junior from LSU. Yeah. And Douglas Coleman the third, a senior from Texas Tech. Got to watch Coleman the third a little more. Intriguing name on there. Second teamers, J.R. Reed and Jordan Fuller from Ohio State. Ohio State has so much GD talent on that team. Yep. Oof. Yep. And, and again, it's in the secondary. Like they've had a yeah, bunch dude. of guys go yes. through there. Marshawn they, Lattimore, Malik Hooker, and DBU. Denzel Ward. Yeah, kind of another yeah, DBU. Uh, yeah, another yeah. DBU. You got it. Uh, punter from Texas A&M, first teamer Braden Mann. He's a senior, and second team Max Duffy, a sophomore from Kentucky, <laughs> UK. Kentucky UDFA, we did this just for you. Oh, yeah, we did. All right, so there's a quick look, unless you had something to add about the punters, Dre. Oh, no, no, I did not. No, you don't have any punter takes? (laughs) No. All right. Not uh, today, sir. That's all we've got on the uh, AP Midseason All-America team, but we do need to talk about the games to watch in Week 8, which is this week probably. Yeah, that's right. I think we're getting that right. We're officially in Week 8. Can you believe it? No, I'm, I'm starting to think like, oh, no, the off season's like a month and a half away. Just kidding. Buffs are going to a bowl game. I'll have another month of work. Oh, yeah. Got to beat Washington State. Got to beat UCLA. Got to beat uh, Stanford. 
No, that's not the next season. Plus no, USC. Season. They only need three wins. Oh, right. But yeah, or right. you could beat USC, Utah, be or USC. Washington. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they'd never done it before. Hey, there's always a first time for anything. You'd never been on a draft pod before, and look at you now. Hey, yeah, I can host it and throw questions to you. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, you're the best. That's what we do here. Um, <laughs> what was I saying? Oh, yeah, we're going to pick some games. Um, yeah. We're going to stick uh, – we're going to be some real uh, basic bees or uh, <laughs> front Just runners. Tinder bio. <laughs> 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 oh, my. <laughs> That's not true, by the way. Three matchups of ranked teams against each other, and uh, we're just sticking to those. Easy breezy, oh, wow. huh? we're going to go quick. Yeah, why not? Good point, because I guess we weren't for the other hour. But um, <laughs> Right. Yeah, exactly correct. All right. So, Washington – Hosting Oregon in what could be a team between or a game between the top two teams in the Pac-12, one thirty uh, on Saturday. Uh, Oregon ranked twelfth, Washington ranked twenty-fifth. Uh, Oregon's a three-point favorite. What do you think, Dre? At Washington, so six-point favorite in a neutral field. Really watching Jacob Eason against Justin Herbert. The quarterback matchups very intriguing. Trey Adams, second team. All-American tackle for Washington against Penny Sewell, Calvin Thockmorton, all that talent on the Oregon def- uh, offensive line. The Oregon defense, just like the Wisconsin defense, not talking about them nearly enough. Their cornerbacks are really talented. Troy Dye, their inside linebacker, is really talented. Watch those dudes. This is a great matchup. Shame. Jacob Breland isn't there. Hunter Bryant, really talented catching tight end there for Washington. <sighs> Do the Ducks beat the Huskies? Because oh, yeah. I'm kind of coming around to the Ducks. Yeah. yeah you come I should have listened to you last week when you were like, this defense is for real. I was like, eh, we'll see. No, we'll that, see. What they have going up front, like like their, their front seven with Troy Dye. Like, is there – there aren't many – linebackers more fit to play in modern football than Troy Dye. He moves smoothly, doesn't he's, he? He converted safety. Yeah. He, Gotta uh, love him. That's I how know. Isaiah Simmons is for Clemson, uh, who I was talking about. <laughs> love those guys. Th- and love. that's the thing is there just aren't many. And th- and you wonder why. Like maybe I mean Especially six, in the four, modern NFL, two, those are the dudes we should be looking for. Yep. Yeah. Those are the dudes. And you'd think that some more of these safeties would say like, hey, I should probably just put another 10, 15, maybe 20 pounds on, try to move to linebacker, see if I can stay fluid because linebackers who can cover, is that like They're the all most, the rage. That's the toughest thing to find yes. outside of a quarterback right now. Yes, basically, yeah. Uh, I know, and we pick on teams like Colorado who has two guys in the middle who can't cover, and we pick on the Broncos for kind of the same thing and have for a while. But it's not just saying like, how have you guys not fixed this yet? Because sometimes you just can't do it. There just aren't guys who can do that. Like Those that guys are hard set, to find, uh, right? It's so hard to find. Yeah, it's true. Good point. Yeah. So, you got Oregon, huh? Yeah, three-point line is too close. And you're taking the points. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all of a sudden, I've been saying for two weeks, oh, uh, Oregon's getting too much love from Vegas. Now not enough love. What what gives? They're the one team in the Pac-12 that you can count on. And and even then, maybe they can step back. Looking back, they should be undefeated. They should have beaten Auburn. They were ahead the whole time. They had it on a platter, and they couldn't. They got bow nixed. 
can they make a run to the pa- or to the college football playoff? Totally. I think so. Totally. I'm I, changing my tune. You've you, you've turned me into a believer. Them smacking down the buffs 45 to 3 has also turned me is into Justin a believer. Is Justin Herbert going to be a good quarterback in the NFL? Who knows? But yeah. I mean, for a college quarterback, the kid's pretty good. Good like, enough. Like That's he's, for sure. he's got to be top five, top ten, you know. Oh, and, yeah. And those are good guys point. who can get you up there. Good like, point. It's a different scale you're grading guys on where you're talking who can get to the college football playoff instead yeah. of That's who can true win a Super Bowl. I will say I'm glad this game's on ABC and not Pac-12 Network because if I need to see the Pac-12 Network put a graphic <laughs> of Heisman <laughs> finalist up with Herbert oh. in it, I'm going to lose it. Yeah. So good thing that's not the case. Um, good thing for all of us. Javon Kinlaw in South Carolina play against Florida. That's not an official pick game, nope, though. No, nope, we, don't, we don't pick those. We don't. But uh, we do pick we're more high class Pac-12 games like Arizona State at Utah. <laughs> Who isn't hyped to see Arizona State at Utah? Hey, number 17 against number 13. For some reason. Um, yeah, well, not that I'm too low on either. Utah's just been so disappointing this year. I, yeah, I thought yeah. I, I thought that they would be like the, the, the Oregon of the South. And sure, like they're 12th and 13th in the rankings. But when you watch those two teams, you can just tell like Oregon yeah. has it. Utah, meh. Meh, meh. Utah's that team that... They could beat anyone. They could also lose to anyone. Type deal. Does yeah. that sound fair? I think I think that that is fair. The D isn't dominant enough, even though they've got some dudes. Okay, here's and the, the crazy o, thing. Oh, not dominant enough for for how low we could be on Utah. I mean, Arizona State. I'm what how how are they in the top? I mean, they're 17th. That that's just so surprising. It's like Vegas agrees too. The game is in Salt Lake City. But Utah's a 14-point favorite in a 13-17 matchup. Yeah. No, Eno Benjamin's going to have to carry him there, though. Eh, freshman quarterback's looking good. I was he high is. on him in the preseason, if you can remember. <laughs> I guess I'm taking Utah to win, but I'll take Arizona State with the points. I think that's a good idea. I just don't have faith in Utah to score enough points for that 14-point line to come into play. Rightfully so. Um, we can move on now to where is oh i found it i didn't have to scroll they had it all set up uh penn state hosting michigan uh penn state number seven michigan number 16 penn state a nine point favorite so i mean there's a quick comparison so you have 13 hosting 17 14 point favorite you have seven hosting 16 nine point favorite yeah, crazy. It's it's w- like it. I mean, it goes to show you kind of the divide between like the teams in the top fifteen and the teams outside the top yeah. fifteen. Even if you're still just sixteenth, like yeah, no, you're significantly worse. Yep. Penn State, low key, entertaining and fun. KJ Hamler, their stud wide receiver, is just a beast. So fast, so athletic, so quick twitch, but not draft eligible. And they've got that edge rusher with three names that was on the AP team. Oh. Yodir Gross. That was, yeah. Yatur Gross Matos. God, you are great at names. I just say it confidently. That's right. That's, hey, that's <laughs> kids, <laughs> that's right. all it takes in life yep. sometimes. Uh, yeah, so in Michigan, like, I don't even know what's happening to them. I don't even, they don't have that many prospects. Anyways, I'll take Penn State. I just do not believe in Michigan at all. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And it's weird because Michigan is 5 and 1. Like it's not like they've been bad. Insanely they are 5 and 1 yet they still got whooped on by Wisconsin. Should have lost to Army. So, I yep. mean, hey, That's you got to understand us for being low. 
I guess their best prospect is Donovan Peoples Jones. He's not even getting the ball much. No. No, we're looking through these stats. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, I I really do think like Michigan for some reason, they, I don't know. I'm high on Wisconsin and that's their one loss. But at the same time, I have no faith in John Harbaugh. No, Jim Harbaugh. Damn, every time. Uh, But, but you know, I, 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 I just can't pick them to win anything, even though they are so talented. Yeah. Uh, can't blame you. I guess, can't blame I you. I guess that's my take. I, I, I will also take Penn State. Nine points is a lot, but why it not? Is. Let's 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 just stick with the nine points and say sure. For the home team, I will mention as far as draft people go, Baylor at Oklahoma State's going to be really intriguing. Uh, Denzel Mims. James Lynch for Baylor, the defensive tackle, DN, pass rushing savant for them, and Denzel Mims, the talented wide receiver against Tillon Wallace, Chubba Hubbard, and those guys at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, f- three-and-a-half-point favorites, though I think Baylor continues their undefeated run. Okay. There you go. Okay. I like it. Um, I think that that might be all that we have for you today. Amazingly. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Uh, only took us an hour and 13 minutes to get through it. Oh, wait. Yeah, sure. Close enough. Um, that's it for today. We it. will be back sometime next week to break down what happened in the week eight games and give you a preview of the week nine games. I'm not traveling to Pullman this weekend, so I actually have time to sit down and watch college football. Maybe we need to do that together. That'd be amazing. Maybe we'll we plan like, that out. Maybe we just sit at the Blake Street Tavern all day. Hold down a spot until that Buffs game at 5.30. Sounds fantastic. Okay. So uh, we just made a date, which is pretty cool live. You guys got to hear it. <laughs> um, we'll be back next week to talk more. Thanks again for listening. Really appreciate it. Give us a review and leave a comment so that we can read it on next week's show. Yeah, do it. There we go. Thanks for listening, fam. <laughs>